Deep in the Chapel Hill countryside, where only the moon's light illuminates the ground, the train track sits still and quiet. Your car treads slowly over the tracks crossing as you fight back the rain of drowsiness threatening to take hold of you. Your eyes absentmindedly glance back up towards your rearview mirror, where you're startled by what you see. A dim light drifts over the crossing where your car once occupied. You furrow your brows in confusion. You had looked both ways before crossing and saw no telling of a train. You rub your eyes and hesitantly continue your quiet journey back to your home, unable to shake the feeling of confusion. That was awfully quiet for a train. I'm Scott Leonard. Uh, lived in Chapel Hill, home of the Chapel Hill Ghost Light all my life. Uh, recalling a time back in high school a friend of mine, uh, of course, not much to do in Chapel Hill on a Saturday night, so we decided we would go hang out at the railroad tracks and try to see the light. Uh, we went to Crutcher Road, where Durango Boot is, and pulled off the side and parked and waited and waited and didn't see anything. Um, so we got out and looked in the tracks. Both uh, left and right didn't see anything coming, so we decided we'd walk down the tracks away. And we're making our way down the tracks, and we see a light coming on the tracks off in the distance. Uh, and it was getting a little closer, a little closer, and then we decided it was uh, probably a train, and we needed to head back so we could get off the tracks and not get caught on the tracks. Well, uh, so we turned around and started walking back. And the light's getting closer, and we realized that uh, we might not be able to make it back to the car. So yeah, we jumped, went down the side of the tracks, and got into the briar bushes, and got all scratched up, cut up. And when we finally got back up and turned around, the light was gone, and no train came by. So it obviously was not a train. Uh, we kind of chalked that up to we not sure what it was, and hastily made our way back to the car and left. So this is Mr. Beatty's story of the Chapel Hill Light. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. When I graduated high school, we had nothing to do. And so we would spend a lot of time going out to the Chapel Hill Light. Now I do want to point out, I have been out there probably a dozen times and I have never really seen anything. All right, I've actually been out there and people from like Murfreesboro, Eagleville, other people would come up. And they would swear they had seen something on the railroad tracks and we're all sitting there like all right there's nothing out there you're just making this crap up all right we're right here we can't see it all right so i i can say one time i did see something i cannot explain so we go out there and it was a really foggy night we had been out there multiple multiple times we know how the train traffic worked we knew all that and so there is a switch light down the the track right there and you know it's it flashes colors red green it's pretty obvious how it works for whatever reason that night in the fog there was a yellow or clear light out there not where the normal you know uh signal is so we thought that was pretty weird so you know we start keeping an eye on it in the fog so you have no real depth perception i can't tell you how far away it was but i will tell you this it definitely moved it went across the railroad track it came back across the railroad track it seemed like it was coming towards us at one point. Once again, death perception, hard to see. So we were like, man, there's something actually going on tonight. So like a bunch of idiots, we start going down the railroad track to see what's going on. 
So as we go down towards the railroad track, all of a sudden the light goes away, and then we hear a train barreling through. There was no whistle, there was no horn, there was no anything to let you know. Not that it should be, you're out there in the middle of nowhere at a stop with no guardrails at that time 25 years ago. But it came through, and the force of the train coming through actually pulled us towards the train, almost like we could have been sucked underneath the train. It was actually pretty terrifying right there, you know what I mean? But we have, we have no idea what we saw. Uh, we've been out there multiple times before, been out there times after. That was the only time we actually saw something. And I want to point out, the train signal did not let us know anything was coming. All we could see was the light. I'm Vanessa Sweeney. I am from Chapel Hill, Tennessee. I'm currently a teacher at Marshall County High School. And I have seen the Chapel Hill ghost light. Teenager, you hear about it. Everyone wants to go out and do it. It's the early 2000s. You don't have TikTok or the internet. So what do you do? You ride back roads and you look for the Chapel Hill ghost light. I've seen it. I've seen it get close. I've seen it jump over the car and appear on the other side of it. It's real. Okay, hello, I'm Kim Anderson. I'm a business teacher at Marshall County High School and the yearbook sponsor here and future business leader sponsor. So I wear a lot of hats. But um, I tell the kids a story when uh, we talk about hauntings in Tennessee in my class. Um, so we always talk about the Chapel Hill light. So I've told them that when I was young and not so smart, <laughs> uh, in college, I, uh, with some friends, we went to see if we could see the Chapel Hill light. And it was not on Halloween, but it was in the fall time of the year, so it was kind of spooky. And uh, we went out there to where the railroad tracks were supposedly you can see the light. And we were in the car. One of my friends did get out of the car. I was too scared to get out of the car. But first time we ever went, we really did see a light coming down the tracks. And we just thought it was a train. But we couldn't hear the train. So we were like, ah, that's not a train, I don't think. So all of a sudden, while my friend was standing close to the tracks, the light just came by really fast. And then there was nothing there. It was just a light. And then you turned around and it was on the other end of the track, coming like it was coming the up opposite direction. And uh, my friend was like, that just went through me. <laughs> so I don't know, we were so scared. It jumped back in the car, we took off, and I believe in the Chapel Hill light. That's all I wanna say. <laughs> Imagine finding yourself in a situation so many others have claimed they were in, alone at the Chapel Hill train tracks faced with the most peculiar sight. A lone disembodied light swaying in the distance. You find yourself questioning what this could be. Perhaps it's just the refraction of light, or even the result of natural gases. Or perhaps the explanation is beyond what is natural. Maybe, just maybe, what you're seeing cannot be explained by the understanding of this mortal realm. The sight of the Chapel Hill light is shared by many, and while the explanations and tales of the light may not be the same, the fascination for the light remains the same. No one has been able to explain fully just what the light is. This is its story. The MCHS History Club presents the Book of Marshall. Marshall County, Tennessee is home to a rich and diverse history. Thank you for joining us as we investigate the past and preserve our stories for the future. The echoes of our past reverberate all the way through today. All that we have to do is listen. Welcome to the Book of Marshall.
But what is the lore behind this mysterious light that disturbs any who happen to see it? Why is it such a challenge for bored teenagers to go on the track in an attempt to see what is just a light? The stories have variations, but there are common themes and events tied to the specter of the light. It's passed through cars, people, and sometimes it appears and fades as it travels down the way. So where does it start? There seems to be a few legends that give a face to the light. According to the legend, it was a dreary, downcast night when a railroad signalman was called up to do his job of warning the incoming train of a potential danger on the track. As he chugged alongside the muddy tracks, he felt the familiar rumble of a train and raised his lantern to warn the engineer. He waved his light, knowing it would be difficult to see in the dark and storm of the night. The engineer failed to see the signal. However, the signalman attempted to get out of the way too late, slipping on the rail and severing his head from his body. Many believe that the light they see on the railroad in the night is the signalman, still searching for his severed head. But that's not the only explanation going around. Others include a man named Sip Agent, and others a woman named Mrs. Ketchum. Skip, according to the legend, was struck by a train in the late 1930s. It was after this instance, according to the more recent tellings of the tale, when the light first started roaming the tracks where Skip was killed. Mrs. Ketchum's stories strays from that of Skip's and the anonymous signalman. However, according to the story, a certain Mrs. Ketchum, whose first name we could not find in any accounts of her legend, was a mother of two from the Chapel Hill area in 1940. Mrs. Ketchum disappeared around the holidays, and as the days passed, it was assumed that she had been murdered. Despite not finding a body, attention turned to a male suspect who lived near Mrs. Ketchum's residence. This suspect would take their own life, as the story goes, due to the guilty conscience. In a desperate bid to locate her body, the townspeople turned to a clairvoyant out of Nashville. According to the story, he described the location where the police found her body in exact detail, buried under a pile of trash by the railroad tracks. Despite the suspicion of murder, no autopsy was performed. It is said in this version that the light is dear Mrs. Ketchum trying to return home to her kids on the holidays. Another interesting bit of historical trivia regarding the light is that there are accounts of similar phenomena occurring throughout the small railroad towns throughout Tennessee, and even up into Kentucky. However, this is not a podcast dedicated to debunking the light, but rather celebrating its historical impact on Chapel Hill. These other occurrences actually lend evidence in support of the light being real. Numerous eyewitnesses and stories from the years support that it is something. So if it is not necessarily supernatural, what other explanations are there? There are a plethora of chilling stories of the lost spirits whose lives have been claimed by the silent trains where their ghosts left to wander the tracks using the light to search for what they've lost. While many people have claimed that they have seen the Chapel Hill light over the last century, no known cause has ever been found. There are still many who have posed explanations for the light, the most common one being of course a ghost or ghosts. However, there are many other explanations for this phenomenon as well, the first one being car lights. The railroad tracks are made of metal and are prone to light refraction. The headlights of cars crossing over the tracks can hit the track at the right angle and create a dim, unstable glow above the tracks, although it's important to note that the light under these circumstances can be randomly seen and totally dependent where the viewer is at in terms of the track. The second explanation is swamp gases, which takes a more scientific approach to the phenomenon. 
The term swamp gas is relatively broad since swamps in general are full of gases as they are areas that are high in decomposition. The specific gas thought to cause this mysterious glowing light is phosphine. Phosphine gas is naturally produced by the decay of organic matter containing phosphorus. The phosphine then goes on to chemically react with the built-up methane gas, emitting a fascinating glow when referred to as will-o'-the-wisp. These explanations certainly do clear up some of the mysteriousness associated with the light, however they still leave a couple of holes in terms of individual experiences. If it is the headlights of a car, then why have so many recalled it staying in air for more than a split second? If it is swamp gases, why have so many detailed it bobbing and swaying in the night? It's important to remember that these are only brief explanations to unique individual experiences. There is something in the air in Chapel Hill that defies a concrete explanation, at least so far. So that leaves one final question to ponder. What is the perspective on the ghost light to Chapel Hill? Stay tuned after the sponsor break for an interview about the legacy of the Chapel Hill Ghost Life. Season 2 of the Book of Marshall is sponsored by the Belfast Store. We are also sponsored by Rebecca Mitchell of Russell Realty and Auction. If you would like to sponsor the Book of Marshall this season as well, please email travis.hillis at mcstn.net. We are so grateful for your support. The MCHS History Club is dedicated to researching our local history, but we also have a goal of connecting with our greater community. This month, we connected with Marshall County Circuit Court Clerk, Mike Wiles, to discuss his role in the community. Uh, my name is Cade Nimmitt with the Marshall County High School History Club, uh, and I'm here today with Mike Wiles, a Marshall County Circuit Court Clerk. So how long have you been the county's Circuit Court Clerk? I came into office in 2018, and uh, that is a, an elected position, and that's when I started. Uh, could you describe what your role in the community is? Okay, well, we facilitate all the courts uh, in the Marshall County judicial system. Uh, we have a uh, courthouse, you know, on the square that you can't miss if you drive back, you know. Uh, but uh, we have circuit, uh, circuit court, we have general sessions court, we have juvenile court, we have traffic court, and we also in the building have a chancery court which uh, works with people's estates and wills, but that's not under my jurisdiction, but uh, typically we have court every day of the week. So what do you consider the most important aspect of your job? As an elected official, we're supposed to support the citizens of Marshall County, and we want everything that's conducted in the building, in the court system, to be uh, fair and impartial, so that each person that comes there, uh, you know, has a fair shot at what they're trying to accomplish. Thank you, sir. The MCHS History Club would like to thank our greatest supporters, and that's you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what we are doing, please follow or subscribe to stay up to date on each chapter of the Book of Marshall. And don't forget to leave us a review. We are so thankful for our community and for your support. Now, time to shine a light on Mr. Johnny Rickman and his knowledge of the ghost light. Folklore is defined as traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed through the generations of word by mouth. By its definition, folklore will be ever-changing. When the story passes from one person to another, the speaker will leave their mark on the tale. In this way, a folklore will end up being a tapestry of the character in the people of a community through the generations. 
Is there always something greater to be gleaned from folklore? Well, not always. However, it can be an insight into a town's history. So what, if anything, can we learn about Chapel Hill from the stories surrounding the Chapel Hill light? We know at the very least it reflects somewhat on the importance of the railroad to the community such as Chapel Hill. For some towns, railroad access was the difference between thriving and, no pun intended here, becoming an actual ghost town. After all, folk tales and folklore most often gets attached to the places in a small town of some importance. The History Club was able to sit down with one of the keepers of the tale of the Chapel Hill Light, Mr. Johnny Rickman. Mr. Rickman was a prominent resident of Chapel Hill and is a member of bluegrass band Us Two and Him. He even helped contribute to writing a song about the light called The Chapel Hill Ghost Light. The song is available on YouTube. Mr. Rickman, thank you for being with us today. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and the background with the light? Hello. And thank you for covering a story about the Chapel Hill Ghost Light. I am John Rickman. I grew up in Chapel Hill, graduated from Forest. I attended Martin Methodist College in Pulaski and later earned my degree in education at Middle Tennessee State in Murfreesboro. I began my career of teaching and coaching in Tullahoma in the city system. After 30 years there, I retired and continued with a second career in real estate. I am now retired living in Tullahoma. My experience with the light is like any other young person raised at Chapel Hill. The tales of a whole carload of kids saying how the light had chased them. Standing on the tracks, looking out into the darkness for an unexplained object is chilling anyway. It gives you an eerie feeling. I spent many nights out on the tracks with friends. In college, I brought boys back to Chapel Hill, seeking a little excitement and adventure. These times were always fun, and it was also a good place to take your date. Have you seen the light, and if so, would you mind telling us that story? I have seen the light, but it never unnerved me terribly. I'm not sure if I was seeing the same thing reported by others. I have wondered if the shock of seeing the light has been conjured up by an overactive imagination. I can't say. We know that you've spent quite some time researching light. What could you tell us about the origin of the ghost light? We were not able to find a death certificate to verify the stories on our end of the research. Have you found sources in yours? I wrote a song about the light, and I've done a bit of research, but I am not an expert. Light could be caused by foxfire, swamp gas, phosphorus gases in the air, or perhaps, just perhaps, it's a ghost. Some see car lights or a porch light in the distance, but of course this is a deception. For years I was convinced the light story started with the death of Skip Agent in 1942 when the train took his life. I have since learned that James Henry Neese was killed out on the tracks in 1919. Both of the deaths are verifiable by death certificates. After having spent so much time researching the light and writing a song about it, what does the light mean to you on a personal level? It has been fun for our little Marshall County trio to sing about the old Chapel Hill ghost light. I know a lot of grown men here in Tullahoma who as teenagers came over after dark with friends in search of the ghost light. Knowing I hail from Chapel Hill, they bring up the subject. 
it's a great topic of conversation. Finally, do you think the ghost light represents anything to Chapel Hill as a community or about its history as a railroad town? The Chapel Hill light has been, and I think will always be, an enduring legend. It has most certainly given Chapel Hill a unique identity. The notoriety of the light ranks right up there with other famous folklore in history. I believe it will always remain a mystery. The history of a place is more than just facts and dates. It's the culmination of the lives of people who have lived there, as well as the generations who continue to stay and contribute to the legacy that will carry on. A community's character is the result of the history and the people who have called that place home. If you stop and think about it, what is a ghost really? An echo or a remnant of what has come before? Something that can't be explained fully, but that's been left behind for us to glimpse in the dark. Maybe in some way, all of history has been a little bit of ghost story hiding in it. Whether it is swamp gas or reflections, a porch light on a foggy night, or even if it is indeed the lantern of a wandering soul, the ghost light of Chapel Hill has clearly made an impact here in Marshall County, and this was its story. The Book of Marshall Chapter 5, The Chapel Hill Light. This episode of The Book of Marshall was researched and written by Tennille Alexander, Caden Emmett, Lyle Nelson, and Caroline McNutt. Hosted by Tennille Alexander, Caden Emmett, and Caroline McNutt. Mike Wiles interviewed by Caden Emmett. This podcast was executive produced by Travis Hillis and Lori Crowell. Theme song for The Book of Marshall, Clouds by Jay Hill. His music is available on all streaming platforms. Additional music, used royalty-free, can be found in the show notes with links. Any errors made in the research of this episode are purely made in good faith. Sources are provided in the episode script. We would like to thank Linda Potts and the Marshall County Historical Society for their support. We would invite you to subscribe for free on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will alert you anytime we release a new episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. We hope to see you next time on Season 2 of The Book of Marshall.